The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, Please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. I think that speech gets better every time you say it. <laughs> um, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my very special guest co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I like to point out that I made a couple times slipped up and said that I'm hosting the show to, yeah, a, to no, a live it's, stream. It's, I, I it's actually you hosting the show. Yes. I'm co-hosting yes. it, but you just downgraded me to guest co-host. Well, you're about to get a timeout and go to the corner if you keep oh, trying okay. to hijack my show. You keep trying to hijack the show. Yeah, it's, it's getting really everyone, 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 knows, everyone knows I'm bringing more to the table, but whatever, Summer. Okay, yeah. The, I, I love the intro on the show. They're like, former Victoria's Secret model. I was like, is that a way of telling me I ate way too many cheeseburgers? Did you eat way too many cheeseburgers? No, I don't like meat. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, no, I think former means you used to be. Kind of. Yeah, like, I, I was. I what's was that, what's a Victoria's that famous Secret model. Hollywood term for used to be? Has-beens. <gasps> oh. Uh, I used to be a Victoria's Secret model. Now yeah. I'm a spin doctor. I tell people how to get famous, how to get known, what to do with their careers. Essentially, I'm a professional busybody. What, what else do you do? What if someone has an accident? What do you, what okay, do? Okay, you, you get caught with hookers and blow. I'm the one you call. I make it go away. I got a body in the trunk right now. I need to make sure I can, uh, I could I fix can survive that. that. I won't, but I could. Does that mean you help bury it? No. No. Okay. So it's been... A it's, it was self-defense <laughs> officer. And self-defense. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, what happened? I hit the MMA fighter in the head with a metal skillet. And that's how he died. Uh, we have a really interesting show today. We have on a cryptozoologist. He's been on um, Monster Hunters and done a ton of stuff. His name's Ken Gerhard. I'm really excited to talk with him. I'm actually trying to rope him into going to Australia with me to go chase Tasmanian tigers. So I'm really excited by that. But so, to start with, we have some really sad news. We lost DMX today, which hit Hollywood terribly. And we lost uh, Prince Philip, yeah. which, which is just killing me. I, I grew up in the Commonwealth. I, I'm a monarchist. Um, but I think what bothered me most is I think the Duchess of Sussex kind of got the last word there. And I really don't like her. What do you mean by got the last word? Well, she went in, she talked a whole bunch of nonsense with Oprah, told a whole bunch of lies. And, like, not even good lies, verifiably bad lies. Mm. You can go find out what she was supposed to say and what the parameters are. Like, with Archie's title, Archie doesn't get a prince title until King Charles is on the throne. Uh, that's the rules, has been for 100 years. So... I, I was really shocked and I'm kind of like, well, either Harry was lying to his wife and being like, no, 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 babe, he, he totally gets it. Or she can't use Google um, or she thinks people are stupid. Here's the next thing. If I married into that family, I would have been in there for the person I married because I'm not a royal. I'm not part of any kind of aristocracy. So I wouldn't have the upbringing to know my role. Yeah. I would purely do it for the person. Yes. So I wouldn't care if my child got a title. Maybe maybe the protection they're arguing about. Well, the thing is, they're not entitled to the protection. The babies never get their own protection. They use the parents' protection. 
and they gave up their protection when they took a step back as senior royal members. That's true. The country only pays for protection for senior royal members. So if they were continuing doing their charity work and putting the time in, they would have still gotten it. Okay, I can see that. But I hate that we're talking about them when we should be talking about Prince Philip. They just suck any type oxygen, of royal conversation yeah, they, they up, do, right They suck up. the oxygen out of anything. But the... Uh, it's. I really liked Prince Philip. I thought he was a great consort for the Queen, but he was king of the gaff. Like, he may have been a prince, but he was king of the gaff. King of the gaff? Gaff. Mistakes set on camera. Oh. Like, he got busted, like, two years ago. Someone was trying to get a picture. He got irritated with the reporter, and he's like, just take the fucking photo. He they, asked they, the they Aboriginals. Yep. He asked the Aboriginals. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, we had to do that. That's called the Sean Patrick Flannery rule. He said the F word 72 times in 30 minutes. I see. I thought it was 76. Was it 72? How much was it, Alexis? I think it was 76. It was 76. 76, 76 times. times in, in, I keep changing the number, but it was it was 76. It was an arbitrary amount of time in the 70s. Uh, but he did. He he swore so much and quite naturally that we, we had to start giving money to charity. And he did it at Comic-Con when we were live. They were pretty PO'd. Um, so... I think the biggest thing with Prince Philip was some of the things he said were really off the wall. Like he asked if Aboriginals still throw spears. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think Olympic, uh, the uh, Olympic uh, javelin tosses are throwing more spears than any actual native tribe is still out there doing. Yeah, he did a lot of that. He told the king of Tanzania that the crown he was wearing, he's like, that's a nice funny hat, isn't it? I remember that from the crown. Yeah, that, okay. Don't believe the crown. That's not real. Are you sure? That yes, was a pretty, I'm really sure. That was a pretty direct line from the crown. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe we're plagiarizing what he said. Not plagiarizing, um, paraphrasing what he said. The long and the short of it is. Don't mix up para- paraphrasing and plagiarizing school kids. You'll get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but the sad truth is he did a lot for the country. He was patron of over 800 charities. And the patronage of a royal brings a lot of money. Mm. And that money going towards those charities and going towards those groups really helps. Do you think we can get a lesser royal to be the patron of my charity? You could probably maybe get one of the Sussexes, but then I'd stop helping with your charity. No, no, no. A lesser royal. They're not part of the royal family anymore, I thought. <laughs> they gave up their titles. No, they didn't. They want to keep the titles. Oh, they're trying to keep their titles. I thought yeah, they gave they it up money. when they left their... I think... Yeah. I hope uh, Harry comes back without Meghan for to, for the funeral. Yeah. Because if he brings her, she's probably going to be pelted with fruit. Certainly, England is mad. It will certainly not be the warmest of um, of welcoming back. But either way, I, I desperately I, I feel so bad for you in the Commonwealth. I really do. That I know that at least for you specifically, you are very much a monarchist. It very much matters to you. you. You've told you said several times how you couldn't survive the Queen not surviving. So I know this had to hit really, really hard. It it hurts really, really bad. It's what I grew up with. Um, so that's really hard and depressing. And then DMX had a heart attack last week and died today. So today's not a great day. No, and then it's coupled with the people saying how it's a conspiracy. It's already conspiracy theories about how uh, DMX and Philip Passing are lies. Are you serious? Yep, it's already out there. So a couple people commented on oh the live stream. Oh my god! It's it's just a big fib. It's a government. The government's lying. Government. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if that's the cause of their. He was ninety nine. He was going to be a hundred in two months. I, I just think conspiracies pop out because it's relevant to, to pop culture. Someone well, it's just better randomly than the said QAnon it and crap on. everyone was spouting. They oh, they found out the guy that was in charge of QAnon. He came out in a documentary a few days ago and accidentally he's like the guy that's been releasing the information for Q for QAnon. Yeah. And uh, the they put it out there. And he's the one that he's like, no, I work for Q. I don't know who he is. And they're talking. And then the guy blurts out he's been working with this documentary for four years. Mm-hmm. And then accidentally admits on camera that he is Q, that he made the stuff up. Yeah. And, and tried to get the guy to delete it. Then he's tried to make it sound like a joke. Uh, so it turns out it looks like the guy that, that put Q together um, has no military training, no government contacts, and is a janitor. 
Is a janitor. Is a janitor. Can we... Did you find, is there a link to this somewhere? Yeah, I'll get YouTube? the information. We're going to go to break in a couple of minutes and I'll get the information on that guy yeah. and put it up. But it's a, it's, it's part of this documentary. You find out who the guy is in charge of Q. I love that. I absolutely love that. Which is really that. weird. Like, I, I do believe in conspiracy theories. I don't believe, like, the moon landing was a hoax. I work in entertainment and I can tell you. They're like, oh, it's laser lights by Stanley Kubrick white laser lights in the 1960s it would have been easier to put a man on the moon that yeah, was a technology they're talking about, they're talking about like you're saying technology that just wasn't there yet yeah. so, you know it's a, it would have been easier to fly to the moon i i can't really get behind conspiracy theories i like having some kind of even now it can be minimal but if you have something that's factually based i can catch on a little bit to it okay Hear me out here. Okay. The belief that we are in a simulation. That, that, that. Um, that is, that is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson believes in that. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk believes in that. I personally happen to think it's quite possible. I totally believe it is. That we're that, in a simulation. That's one I get behind completely. And uh, that started as a conspiracy theory. I also until think the math was proven. That what? The math was proven. Oh, they really? sat down and went through the statistics on the reality of us being a simulation is quite possible. You see, I'm I'm totally for that. I'd actually be ecstatic if that was, because that cuts out so much of the nonsense, so much arguing of what's going to happen thereafter. I'll tell you what happens: we're a video game, our characters die, and we respawn. I That's believe it. in God. Even okay, so, if God is the one in so charge he, of the program. So he reincarnates, but that would also see that gives clout to both, or credit to both, because if the game or the simulation starts off with a boom, okay, big bang. But obviously, we're a simulation. Someone generated us, so. A little bit of here and there. I swear to God, if I'm being controlled by a 13-year-old boy in a basement, I want clothing that covers more of my body. No, you're being controlled by a 13-year-old alien living in the basement. Actually, what would we be at this point? Would we be humans too? How much of our thought process well, look at is the video, AI? Well, look at the video games. We, you give it free will. You can generate things to move and think and, and, and operate on their own. Mm -hmm. I'm simply saying, I actually believe we could be the product of a 13-year-old boy in his mother's basement. And it's it's just on a computer because look how he has women dressing. Hell, look what I'm wearing. My boobs are popping out of this. My, but again, you have to think about what thirteen-year-old boy created all of this. So well, maybe they're in, the maybe Sims they're on a level so far ahead of us as it is. Think of it like a Sims program. We could be a moment from their past that they're trying to recreate uh, and watch the 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 world move in certain directions it could be a test subject i mean 2020 reasonably everyone oh, I was, was like gonna say, who killer want, bees who wanted to relive the uh 2020 murder hornets but think, madness. look at the last hundred years the technological advances the change in humanity this is huge if we're going to live any part of history i mean you play those historical games where you jump into people and do all that weirdness um, jump into people wait, the historical games you like the historical games where you can do all of that, this is just a more sophisticated yeah, version of that. slightly, but okay. What was it, Civilization? Oh, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the kind of strategy, sandbox, I do whatever I want kind of game and watch society flourish or fail. Tell me this wouldn't be something you did. Um, you wouldn't put it together and then throw in a virus. That is some weird nonsense you would do. No, I agree, especially when they talk about... Uh, like you said, the virus to talk about COVID-19, just seeing what would happen. So it's possible. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Hollywood. We're going to talk about how to get your name out there, how to increase your name value, how to get a little bit more famous, how to get a little bit more rich, and all the dumb crap that everyone's doing in Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda, and we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with who has just been downgraded to my guest co-host again, Bear Fjordis, and he keeps trying to hijack my show. Welcome back. Uh, oh, you're <laughs> in so much trouble. No, I'm not, and because I, I, I control me and my body, and I decide when I'm in trouble, and right now I'm not. <laughs> That's, so, that's not how any of that works. So before we left, we were discussing the nature of us possibly being in a simulation. And yes. you wanted me to talk about this on air, so I'm going to talk about this right now. And people can look this up and don't quote me directly because I might misspeak a little bit here. It's been a while since I discussed this theory. But there is the concept that we are in different levels of civilization. Like currently our planet Earth and its species, uh, us as people and humans, are a 0.75 levels uh level on that scale goes one through five and the reason we're not a one yet is because uh, level one species has the ability to control the energy that comes off naturally from its own planet uh, using solar wind power all that kind of fun stuff that while generated from the sun we only have a control of the planet itself now a level two would be able to harness its own sun's energy right they'd be able to use uh, like we use solar panels, they can create things called a Dyson sphere or uh, not a, a Dyson sphere, or they have other variations of that that can harness the sun's energy and use it to our abilities. Then it goes on to level three, which is uh, solar system. Level four is galaxy. And then finally, level five will be the control of all other galaxies in the known universe. So essentially, because we're not advanced enough, they don't want to talk to us yet. That's actually you're exactly on the money there. And it, it, the concept of us being in a simulation what, purely what, comes from the fact that... What about the opposite? What if we're just more advanced than them? What if other species just happen to be one-celled organisms in the water on the moon Europa? They very well could be, but that means the simulation created them. I, I agree. I like the simulation thing. <laughs> we could be the most advanced species in our simulation. That that could exist. I'm, I'm really into the simulation concept. Now there right now. is. Uh, there was a gentleman. He was on Stephen Colbert's show, yeah. uh, a late show. Okay. Um, Hakaido. He brilliant, brilliant uh, astrophysicist. Mm. And one of the things he was talking about was that we should not be looking for extraterrestrial life. We are not at a point that we can protect ourselves. And he used Cortez as an example. Montezuma and Cortez. Okay. Um, Montezuma saw Cortez coming and thought he was a god because he came and on these ships, he came across land. He was so much more technologically advanced. Yeah. And the Spanish came with steel and syphilis and smallpox and horses. Guns and, and germs destroy- and steel. For guns you, and for germs you, and steel. For you paint fans out there, if you yep, remember that guns, song. Guns, germs and steel and destroyed them. And so what happens when we reach out to this civilization and go, wow, these beautiful, peaceful aliens are coming. We don't know what their value system is. Yeah. No, we, we're probably – I'm all for being the top dog in the universe, but I certainly don't want to be on the bottom level. <laughs> but there's also the idea that they're staying the hell away from us because we're so pitiful and abysmally low on this scale that they don't even want to risk uh, coming here and getting tainted by us. Yeah, that we that haven't even that conquered just disease. just too annoying. Well, they're saying because we haven't even conquered disease. And I would have argued that point and be like, we're on our way. Then 2020 happens. 
Oh, I 2020 broke up families. I guarantee that. Well, I broke up with you at least twice. I don't know how to respond to that, but did, <laughs> de- guaranteed 2020 did uh, ruin families because you have little little Marky, your son. He's been living off you since he was 26 years old. He's now 37, and he's just not washing his hands. He's going out with his friends. He's an anti-masker. They just kick his ass right out the door and not let him back in. You are really vehemently against anti-maskers. I am. I'm re- I really am against anti-maskers because even if you don't, don't want to get the vaccine, fine. Enough people will get the vaccine to where we can save your dumb ass. If you don't want to wear a mask around other people, fine. Go around people who also don't want to wear masks. Y'all can just cluster together and kill each other off. But don't not wear a mask and go somewhere where people actually care about their life and their family and people. And I may be a little bit biased because my partner is immunocompromised and I don't want her to die from someone yeah, else's stupidity. But, you know, it's kind of important to me that everyone else relatively take care of each other or just not be part of regular society. I think it also comes to your martial arts, though. With the MMA thing, you guys are really taught to kind of respect your bodies, respect your opponents, respect what's going on around you. Now, now, actually, I will say this. There's a lot of of leniency in martial arts for masking. A lot of people are not bothering to because there's a lot of... Uh, difficulty, at least their claims are, as far as keeping safe. But I seriously, seriously implore, employ, what's that word? For implore anyone who trains in martial arts, please be as safe as you possibly can. Please wear your mask. I wear a mask and train. It's not impossible. Don't treat it like it is. There's uh, a great guy who runs his TikTok by name Big Bang Mike. He's an ex-Power Ranger, ex-Pro Fighter, runs his own gym. He makes his students mask up. He masks up. It's not impossible. People now, can do it. You, so for anyone uh, listening in right now, Jar, uh, Bear has a, a uh, TikTok, YouTube, Insta. It's Bear Fiorda. Yeah. You can find him there. So if you guys want to learn martial arts on TikTok or YouTube, he's doing that. And he's going to be live streaming tomorrow from his gym and kind of introducing everyone there. But what I find interesting right now is the big celebrities of tomorrow are being made off of platforms like TikTok, uh, YouTube, Insta in a way they weren't before. We've had a real jump forward with um, with our media. Films aren't what they once were. Cable is dead. <laughs> um, I think it was dead before COVID, but now especially. Yeah, this just put the nail in the coffin. So I find it really interesting that people have a way to reach out that they didn't have before. Uh, I mean, look, right now we have one, two, three, four different live streams going. Yeah. We're live streaming behind the scenes on YouTube. We're live streaming behind the scenes on Facebook, behind the scenes on Live It, and you're personally doing yours Yeah, I have uh, a personal live TikTok. stream going for my TikTok right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you have a way to step in and interact that you didn't have before, and that's going to create a different level of celebrity. So for anyone out there that's wanting to get your name out there and make some money, one of the smartest ways to do it right now is social media. Choose a catchy name. Get all the social media with that catchy name. And if you don't want to use it, package it. You can take, say your your um, your social media is Bippity Bop. And you buy, you get Bippity Bop on Facebook, Bippity Bop on YouTube, Bippity Bop on uh, across the board. And you get BippityBop.com. You put all of that together, you can sell that and make bank. So that is a great way to make some money. Or you can take that platform and use it yourself. Yeah. But if you do take the route of selling it, please also remember that it's not it just like any other industry you got a market to work hard for. You got to convince people that Bippity Bop is the best name for whatever it is they're doing so that they'll buy your package. I whenever anything happens, I'll tend to take social medias for whatever's going on at the time. Yes, cuz then people want to get involved and all of a sudden the best names are already purchased so yep. you can advertise on your company, "Hey, I have these social media handles and I sell it for this price. You want the YouTube, the website, the Facebook all for this?" Here. 200 bucks or whatever value you put Wait, at it. One of the things I tell people is when you get your social media, yeah. make sure you have it across all boards. Make sure you have it across everything. Right. I ran into that trouble with Instagram <clears throat> where I'm summer Helene on everything. Yeah. Uh, like I do the, the TikToking and I talk about um, all of the, you know, celebrity secrets. Essentially, I, I tell on people I've worked with, with permission. I don't do it without permission. Right. Um, I couldn't get summer Helene on uh, I couldn't get it on Instagram. And where I ran into it there was I already had it everywhere else from like back when MySpace was a thing. Right. Because that was my job. 
And so that was really pissed me off. <laughs> no, it's definitely a smart way of doing it because I, I know that for myself, having Bear Fjorda, I got it before TikTok turned on. I had it for several years. But you but also got it for the platforms that aren't popular yet and may never be. You just get it everywhere. Yeah, just in case because you never want let's put this way you never want in the worst case someone to end up building a following off your name yeah or in the or in you know a lesser case you don't want to have a someone in control of a platform that you need like let's say one of the big one of the platforms that's supposed to be coming up soon like you see triller has a lot of big name celebrities a lot of tiktok celebrities trying to get getting on board trying to promote that platform i have one too and uh post regularly i have triller right lex you've been posting on my triller you're going to fix that today. My assistant keeps screwing up my social media. She's supposed to be posting for me because and pretending it's me. How am I supposed to make people think I'm involved if she won't do the work for me? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, you charge some of the, the work yourself. I do. I do a ton of the work. I don't know what she's here for. You should let her go. <laughs> she gave me the worst look. What happened? Apparently uh, not. Bear suggested I fire my assistant. Stop <laughs> flipping him off. <laughs> You can come on the radio show, too, and we can go back and forth if you want. No balls. She only comes on when we talk about sex because she's a dominatrix. Balls. <laughs> she'll, come on, she'll come on and talk about sex. Yeah. She'll come on and talk about being a dominatrix. Yes. That she does do. Your assistant is definitely into the BDSM world. Yeah, so are you. She's your best friend. That's and, how you guys do stuff. And, and she likes butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she gets mad when she you gets call so mad stuff. when I call that because it's got the technical terms to it. You're like the people who very specifically have to label their rock music so that other people can understand. Oh, I, I'm into this death metal. No, I'm into hardcore. Are you one of those people that has to label your rock music? No, literally. Oh my god. Okay, well, these two are uh, done fighting. We are going to go to break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be on with Ken Gerhard. We're going to be talking about all things in cryptozoology, which I'm really, really excited about. We are going to be talking about all kinds of unknown animals and talking about guacamole. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fiora, and we'll be right back with Ken after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda, and I do want to give a quick shout out to Offered Rentals in Palm Springs, Trainer Joe's Fitness, Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for keeping me 
human looking during the pandemic, True Sedona and Las Vegas. And the reason I'm giving a shout out here is we have a couple of giveaways. We have foldable ballet flats with a pouch from Graciously, from Graciously Your Sydney. And we have two rides from Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. And we're going to do those giveaways. So you jump on, t- uh, on Twitter and if you want to win these. And if you win, our questions are going to be based around what our guest says today. I'd like to welcome to the show someone I admire very, very much, Ken Gerhard. I, am I pronouncing it right? I can't say ours, and I don't know how hard this R is supposed to be. Oh, I love the way you sounded. It sounds perfect with your accent, Summer. But, <laughs> Thank um, you. Gerhard, Gerhard, people say it different mm-hmm. ways. That's fine. How are we doing? Now, We're doing great. You are one of the world's most recognized cryptozoologists. You've been on Monster Hunter. You search for evidence of unknown animals, legendary creatures, and things that are not accepted by science or things that people think are extinct. You can give a better description than I can. Can you tell everyone a little bit about cryptozoology? Yes, the the word cryptozoology is derived from Latin, and technically it means the search or the study of the search for or the study of hidden animals. And that is, as you perfectly explained, it's animals that are not officially recognized by science. And oftentimes that involves legendary creatures like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, the Chupacabra, uh, Mothman, and uh, a whole host of other strange creatures and unknown animals. Now, you started as a record producer. You were a touring musician. How did you get into doing this? Well, I've always, cryptozoology has always been a passion of mine since I was a young boy of about eight or nine years old, and I saw my first TV show about Bigfoot. I was totally hooked. But uh, it was never anything that I planned on pursuing with my as a career or, or anything along those lines. But um, I did, when I was in high school, I got into music, and then... Um, uh, like a lot of young people, I kind of dropped out of college to pursue music and um, did that for, you know, 20 years, and I had a blast doing it. But uh, cryptozoology was kind of always there in the background. In fact, sometimes when my bands were on tour in the middle of the night while everyone was asleep, I would pull off, you know, kind of on the side of a road where I knew there had been a sighting of some strange creature, Bigfoot or something like that, and I'd do an investigation. Really? So I was always kind of kind of doing it on the side, but kind of kind of wrapped up my music career uh, years ago, and then, um, you know, I just started getting really interested in the cryptozoology again, so I just kind of kind of went with it, and uh, just been very blessed. I had a lot of really amazing opportunities to travel and investigate a lot of uh, unknown animals, strange creatures, and I've written several books, and uh, I've also been on a number of television shows. Well, our first question's in. Have you ever found one? Ah, that is a great question. No, I have not. I have not. I do not have physical evidence or conclusive proof that any of these things actually exist. I've never even seen one with my own eyes. Um, but I'm very convinced, based on the evidence, that a lot of them could exist. And um, but the, probably the closest I came, I, 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 I'm convinced that I've heard Bigfoot vocalize or make sounds on a, a few occasions through the years. Really? And yes, and one time was incredibly terrifying. Uh, I was in North Texas with some other researchers, and uh, we were investigating a, a remote location alongside a lake where there had been sightings recently. And um, right after dark, we heard something grunting at us from the brush, and it was like a sounded like an ape. It was very loud, powerful, primate sound, and uh, we couldn't see it. We were very nervous. We couldn't see it, but uh, we moved to a higher vantage point, and using a, a spotlight, we, we did see some eyes shine, eyes reflect, reflecting at us, and uh, throughout the course of the night, we heard some very strange kind of moaning sounds, wailing sounds, and then the following morning, um, we made our way through the brush, and we found some deep footprints. And we also found some mutilated uh, animal carcasses, basically turtle shells that had been torn apart, uh, several of those. So, I mean, all of that was pretty convincing to me that that, that very likely could have been a Bigfoot. I don't know how to explain it. So. No, I, I always try and be honest with everyone. I'm trying to rope you into going to Tasmania and looking for the Tasmanian tiger. 
Uh, how right. many of these animals that you're looking for are extinct and how many are um, have, have never been seen? How many are the term that was just used was mythical? Well, that's a great question because the field of cryptozoology has been evolving through the years. It started in the 1950s. It was a movement that was started by traditional zoologists who have, were very uh, kind of esoteric and romantic and thought that there were still things out there we hadn't found. And originally it was things like the Loch Ness Monster and the Yeti and then Bigfoot. And then in the 70s, it began to evolve more into species that had gone extinct recently. So that is, they were, they were still not being accepted by science because they were considered extinct, if that makes sense. And then there's some really far out, and you know, that would involve the thylacine, of course, which I think is mm -hmm. the most probable, the most likely of all cryptids to exist. And then the, it, it even got in the 70s, it got into some really weird areas, things like the Mothman and the Chupacabra and some of these creatures that don't really make a lot of sense from a zoological standpoint, they, 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 the, the features that are described are too far out, the behaviors, they seem to be more like paranormal or supernatural kind of things if, if people are into that kind of stuff. But, um, but here's, here's one last thing I want, one last point I want to make, because you make a very strong argument, the, the, the reality that new animal species are still being discovered at an amazing rate. Mm -hmm. Most of them are small, but some large ones are still being found. And many of those, many examples of those started off as quote-unquote legendary creatures. Things like the Komodo dragon, the okapi, the mountain gorilla, yeah. the, giant panda, the giant panda. All of those animals were known to the local people, you know, and, uh, but to the Western scientists, they were quote-unquote legends. So, um, but they were, they were all proven to be real. The giant squid. I mean, you know, uh, here's yeah. an animal that's 50 feet long. I mean, so... So, yeah, it wasn't until the 90s got any real information on yeah. that. It's true. No, so it's, it's, a, it's a growing field. I completely agree with that, especially on the fact that we just don't know everything yet, especially when it comes to our sea. Now, what, what, one of the questions, what's the difference between paranormal and cryptid? Oh, okay. I have many friends that are in the paranormal field, and uh, they specialize in metaphysical phenomenon like spirit activity. So there are a lot of different opinions as to what that entails, but if you can think of non-physical, um, uh, I guess you'd call them sentient beings or entities. They seem to have an intelligence or a purpose, but non-physical things like ghosts, quote-unquote demons, poltergeists, uh, things like that. And so that, that's kind of more like Paranormal, although the word paranormal used to mean kind of anything unexplained or just not normal. So, I, you know, I think that's a word whose the meaning has really kind of changed or been interpreted in different ways over the years. It's shifting. Well, that's going to be one of our questions for uh, Twitter. If you want one of our giveaways, write in and tell me the difference between paranormal and cryptid, and you can win at our ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or Ballet Flats from Graciously Your Sydney. Your choice. Then, of course, uh, Bear has the, the next giveaway. But your question? Yeah, so actually, I'm curious. What's the fair, your most favorite expedition that you've been on? Oh, that's a tough question. I've had some really amazing opportunities through the years. Um, but i got to tell you guys, I love the jungle. I've had an opportunity to camp along the Amazon River in South America I've mounted two expeditions to Central America in 2014 and 16. I'm sorry, 2004 and 2006 to search for uh, a, a hairy man-like creature, legendary creature down there known as the Sisamito, which is, sounds like a, a Yeti or a Sasquatch. And uh, I got to visit a lot of really remote uh, locations there in the Chickabull Jungle, the Coxcomb Jaguar Sanctuary, uh, we were camping out on top of ancient Maya pyramids while there were monkeys swinging through the trees, and we were eating sheep liver tacos, and uh, I had a Maya, a guide that was pretty amazing, and I don't know, I just, I love jungle habitat, you know, really thick brush, pristine wilderness, uh, dense, 
uh, lots of wildlife biodiversity. So uh, I'd say Central America, South America are probably my favorites, but so many others that I could mention. That's awesome, man. I got to actually, the way you describe it makes me want to go down there and be a part of it myself, just to be a part of the environment and the jungle. Now, you said something uh, that I found to be quite interesting, and that is you mentioned the name of a Yeti or a Sasquatch-like creature. And I think something a lot of people get confused when they may try and talk about your field of expertise is that, you know, this uh, the concept of Bigfoot doesn't exist in one creature in just multiple different areas, but people have maybe uh, a whole species popping up in different sections of the planet or regional. Would you, is that something you can agree with, something you've ever thought about? Yeah, when it comes to cryptozoology, I tend to be known as what is called a lumper, which means that I think if something like Bigfoot exists, if something like the Yeti exists, the most probable scenario would be that we're talking about the same species living in different locations or maybe a subspecies, so related species, right? It becomes more improbable when you start trying to split that up and say, oh, there are different, vastly different types of unknown hominids, man-like species that still exist that we haven't discovered. But if you look around the world, I mean, obviously we know about Bigfoot or Sasquatch here in North America, but if you look around the world, you've got the Yeti in the Himalayas, you've got China has something called the Yeren, Australia has the Yowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vietnam, it's the Goi Rong. In Russia, it's the Almas. In <laughs> India, it's the Mande Barung. I mean, you can go South America, the Ukumar, Sisamitos. So, I mean, you have all these names around the world for things like Bigfoot in different cultures. So to me, that's very compelling that these things actually exist. You have all of these disparate cultures all over the world that talk about hairy giant, hairy, man-like creatures, animals. I, I would be interested. Uh, anyone out there, if you're a mathematician, that'll we can do that for our second giveaway. Yeah. Uh, if you're a mathematician, I'd like to know the probability of multiple sightings in multiple countries of a similar creature happening and what the probability of that creature existing. I'd actually like to know the math on that because from a personal standpoint, I don't think you could have something that widespread because we're not talking about it as a recent occurrence with the internet. We're talking about these people seeing these, uh, you know, when we didn't have the levels of communication we do. I, I don't think it would be very probable for so many different people to see the same thing and then go, no, it's not, not real. No, I, I got to agree with you on that one too, because when you have, these are, we're talking about ancient culture to people today still yes. recognizing it with the existence of internet and memes and jokes or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got to agree with you on that one. I just, I don't think it would be very probable for Bigfoot and Yeti. And I, I've, I've got to tell you, Ken, I, I, I am not going to remember the other names you said. I'm trying, but I'm doing poorly. Um, You've heard, you've heard of the Yowie, right? Of course, I know what From the Australia? Yowie is. Okay. I know that well, that's, one. <laughs> I mean, that's, your, that's, your, that's your roots, so I figured you'd know that yeah. one. Yeah. That, that, that's my turf. I know that one. But that's my – I don't think we could have it um, so prevalent throughout human society because we're not just talking about one region, one place. We're talking about human society um, seeing this. I don't think we could have it and it, there not be something. I mean, even the the giant ground sloth uh, was in folklore, and that was just because they're talking about recent extinction versus it not existing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, that's just yeah. a personal and, thought. Uh, and you know, there's one other, just one other thing. If I could add in there, a lot of people lose sight of the fact that things that look like Bigfoot and the Yeti actually did exist. We have fossil evidence of that up until really? about. Yeah, I mean, you talk about species like. You know, the Australopithecines in Africa, mm-hmm. Paranthropus boisei, Gigantopithecus in, in Asia. These were large. I mean, they were shorter. The fossils we have are shorter, so, but they looked just like little Bigfoot. They were hairy, man-like. They walked upright. They had mixture or a mosaic of ape and human features. And the fossil record keeps getting extended. You know, we think they died out hundreds of thousands of years ago, but that keeps getting pushed closer to the present. So the concept is, could some of these creatures have gotten bigger over time, and could they still be around in very small pockets in, in different wilderness areas? Well, we do have They're wilderness hominids. we can't get into, so it's it's quite yeah. possible. 
Well, another thing to consider as well, the, a lot of modern day species, due to our rapid expansion of, of our current civilizations, we know it, have learned to hide, have learned to uh, uh, create an environment for themselves where we haven't touched them and can't be found. What is it? Prince Philip found that uh, ancient tribe of people yeah. and off off the coast in some island somewhere that no one heard about till he They worship him as a god. He and actually then, turned around to Queen Elizabeth and said, you may be a queen, but I'm a god. But I'm a god. My, that breaks my heart. Oh, I can't <laughs> right, I'm so sorry. I, know, I didn't that bring really it up hurt. like that. But yeah, my point here is just that as we make these discoveries, obviously the inhabitants prior to us or even after us, new species of animal have learned to some regard to hide from our rapid, rapidly expansion world, rapidly expanding world. And it makes sense that these other creatures who've been around longer than us or same period, especially as more mankind, intelligent creatures, especially a more intelligent creature would have found a way to do the same. Now I, I'm going to yeah. ask you, you, you're the expert here. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that these creatures are rumored that have been passed down generationally because they once existed? Or do you think they're still there? I've got that coming up on oh, social media here. That's an excellent question. Oh, I oh, think okay. we cut out for a second. Do you want to text Ken? Tell him we lost him. I mean, it's um, okay. Guys, so i got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of, of Ken's. If you guys get a chance, watch him on Monster Hunters. He did the Chupacabra episode. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I love the scientific way he approaches cryptozoology. When I first started looking to do this documentary, I approached some people in the cryptozoology community, and they scared the ever-living crap out of me. <laughs> uh, but Ken is so intelligent and so well-spoken and the mix of zoology and the cryptids is brilliant. And that matters to me because I, he, the way he explains things make me believe. And I'm one of the most skeptical people on the planet. Well, even right now in this conversation, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it, there could be those kind of cryptics or some cryptics, the cryptozoologists who are dead set on no Loch Ness exists no matter what. He comes across to me as a man who's like, okay, Scientist, I'll take what yeah. you have and let's run with it. Let's go do some tests. Let's go do some field, field ops and let's see what we come up with. And when there's reason to believe there is and when there's not, there's not. And I think that's one of the better ways to get yourself uh, – not just credit, but to the position he has, numerous radio shows, mm -hmm. television shows, getting himself out there because he's viable. He's made himself viable. He's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. He's brilliant. I don't know if I, you know, he's talking about looking for these creatures. I can tell you uh, one of the things they talked about was expanding this show and us going to Peru to look for this uh, big cat that used to live there. And all I'm thinking to myself is, I'm staying in the hotel. I'm not going near that. <laughs> you don't want to go accidentally it, find tiger, it. No, I don't want to find it. Like Bigfoot comes and talks to me. Yeah. I need new pants. I think it's a. I think that's the Velociraptor thing. You've seen it. It's too late. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't want to experience it. You know, people have turned around, and in time, Australians are very good at this. We've put lipstick on the history of the Tasmanian tiger. We've got. Oh no, it was a scavenger. Oh no, it was this. Oh no, it was that. Looking at this project, I've gone through the records this thing was bad <laughs> i mean gonna, it was what it it's was gonna eat you but it's 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 a little scary um ken are you there i am okay welcome Sorry. back good um, you. now you were talking and we got cut off we seem to be having a bit of a recession again oh and i had so many questions coming in for him from well, twitter just just keep in mind the question here is oh, uh uh well we're, we're we cutting always... in and out we, we are still losing him, so as, as we slowly get him back on, hopefully for the end of the show we're able to get an answer to the question because it's certainly something that uh, people are curious about. I think something else to consider is – and this may be a stretch. I'm not going to lie. This is a – Send this, though. Bigfoot. <laughs> I just got – sorry. We had someone send us a picture of the cutest little monkey. Oh, that's adorable. It's kind of like people sending me pictures of cute spiders, though. It's uh, going to yeah. it's gonna kill me if I'm not paying attention. It's <laughs> um, still a, a monkey orangutan. I, I think it could be a combination of both. I mean, we're finding out more and more that these animals exist as, as time goes on. And I think we're getting definitive answers as to whether they do or don't. Right. And I'm okay with it. There, I'm okay. All right, good, Ken. We, we're good to have you back, man. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was, hopefully I answered the question okay, that it could be a cultural memory that's been passed down. That, that is a theory. What do you think personally? I've, I've spoken to hundreds of eyewitnesses through the years that, that swear they've seen these things. 
They're very convincing. They're very sincere. Uh, most of them grew up in the outdoors. They were hunters, fishermen, uh, ranchers, farmers. So they know what other animals look like, and they are convinced that you know mo- many of them have seen this Bigfoot or Sasquatch. So uh, to me, that's very convincing. And then there's also footprint evidence, and that's probably too technical to get into, but a number of footprints have been found and studied as well, and that's kind of convincing. So. Uh, do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster, or do you think it is as likely as a Cardassian taking a real photo? <laughs> that was, I like that point. That was a good question. You get a giveaway. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Um, I actually just wrote a book, uh, The Essential Guide to the Loch Ness Monster. Um, I don't use the word belief in my line of work because that implies more of, of a faith-based approach as opposed to a scientific approach. But I'm reasonably convinced that the Loch Ness Monster does exist based on the evidence that I've, I've seen over the years. So, um, and, and I think there are similar creatures in the deep, deep water around the world that are, that are also related to the Loch Ness Monster. You get reports from, from other lakes around the world and uh, also from the ocean. I like that. Now, two things. Can we have you back on? Because we didn't get to even a tenth of the questions we have, so I'd like to have you back on if possible. Oh, I'm trying of course. To pin, I'm like trying to. to pin you down on air. So that's verbally binding, I'm just saying. It'll hold up in court. Hold up in the internet back court. Um, and then the next thing, where can everyone find you on social media? Oh, thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys and great questions all the way around. Um, Yes, um, I am obviously on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, People can check out my Amazon page if they want to see my books. I have a YouTube channel. And uh, thank you. And um, yeah, so, uh, oh, and I have a website, KenGerhard.com that people can also check out. So. Go check him out. He really is incredible. Watch Monster Hunters when you have a chance. Um, you're on the Chupacabra episode, which was excellent. Yes. Thank you. Monster Quest, Chupacabra episode. Um, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm Monster a- Hunter. It's Monster Quest. I'm such an idiot. Hunter Quest. <laughs> no, the wrong game of the show. And uh, <laughs> I- I'm also appearing on a new series on the History Channel called The Proof is Out There. So I'll be on, on that series coming up. And I'll be watching that series coming up. Staying busy, man. It's I great. I like that. Now, we Thank have you. about three minutes left. What do you want to say to everyone out there? Oh, my gosh. Um, an open platform, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I, I want people to think critically, and I think skepticism is good, and, and thinking critically and looking at evidence and not just making kind of biased decisions on gut feelings and stuff when it comes to things like, like on unexplained mysteries, but, you know, obviously I want people to be open-minded and, uh, you know, as Bear so eloquently said, I mean, there are things that are out there we haven't discovered. Um, uh, the process of discovery is an ongoing key component of the human condition. You know, that's, we, we live and we explore and we discover and we learn. And I think it's uh, it's a very important thing that people just, just stay open-minded. But, uh, you know, again, the other side of the coin, don't, uh, don't believe everything you hear because there, with regard to cryptozoology, there are a lot of hoaxes and a lot of misinformation out there online right now, a lot of fake videos on YouTube and things like that. So not everything is real. So people have to make that decision for themselves. I like that. Check out Ken Gerhard. I'm still not saying it right. I'm going to put up some links to his social media. You can, of course, follow Bear Fjorda. He's all over TikTok. If you want to learn MMA, I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. Keep your mind open, do some study, and seriously, buy his book. He's amazing. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.